0: and welcome to the astro poets podcast my name is dorothea and just in case you forgot i'm an aries my co-host alex who's a sagittarius in case you forgot that too can't be here today so it's just going to be me with a special holiday gift for our last episode On October 29th, 2019, the Astro Poets book came into this world, and we celebrated that momentous occasion with an event at the Strand in New York City. So today, you're going to be listening to a recording from that event. Alex and I read a section from the book on each sign and made so many jokes along the way that I hope people thought were funny then, and I especially hope you'll think is funny now. We hope anyone who wasn't able to be there will enjoy hearing this episode and getting a peek into the astrological magic. We started this series by going through the signs, and now we're coming full circle, just like the karmic wheel. So stay tuned and hope you enjoy the episode! Good lighting. Yeah, good lighting. Yeah. I just got to figure out how to sit on this chair. Everything's fine. We're yeah. scared to sit in these chairs. We practice
1: backstage. Oh my God. I thought it'd be dramatic and just say, oh my God. The <laughs> beginning. Um, this is really surreal for us. We're super happy that we're here, but we're actually happier that you're here. So we just want to say thank you um, at the top. Before we start talking because we won't stop talking when we start talking
0: Yeah thank you I mean it's almost the three-year anniversary of when we started our Twitter um, and so thank you so much for uh, following us um, it was something we started without a plan like most things we do like and this reading yeah like this reading and um, and uh, thank you for coming along and for being here tonight it means so much to us
1: Yeah um, yeah clap for yourselves please <laughs> I really am surprised anyone showed up. (laughs) So I'm just looking at all of you just to make sure you're real. Um, So what we're going to do is um, we're going to take you sort of through the karmic wheel of um, the book, really, which the book is sort of based on the karmic wheel. We're going to go through every sign. We're going to give you a little bit of a sample of the chapters. Some are going to be shorter excerpts. Some are going to be longer. I'm so sorry, Virgo's shorter, but... (laughs) We would I feel a lot of pent-up anxiety <laughs> around Virgos. I don't want to offend any Virgo here. I'm really scared. Yeah,
0: yeah we, And we know sometimes we can be mean to certain signs, but we love you all. We're just trying to make you laugh. So I hope you know that, yeah, especially when you read this book. You might get even well, madder at us than you already uh, are, potentially. Yeah, yeah. basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right, so we're going to read a little excerpt from each chapter, Um, and there's also poems in here that we wrote for each sign. We really hope that you guys like those the most. We like, I mean, we're poets, so we're sort of, prose is kind of our... um, our weird river that we swim in. I definitely found it really difficult to write sentences and complete thoughts.
0: <laughs> and, so. that, and before you start, I just want to say, yeah, and each chapter has different sections. So there's like an intro and like the sign is a lover, sign is a friend, um, what's like to text with the sign, uh, the sign like as a kind of imagination. Um, so, so, you know, we'll say which section we're reading from when we read from it.
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm just going to start and read maybe like a few paragraphs from the Sag, uh, chapter and, um, it, prominently features Britney Spears who is probably the Sagittarius queen the Sagittarius mother of us all and we love quitting things we love breaking things we like drama constantly but like that we make
0: yeah not that we definitely, participate in definitely,
1: definitely. Yeah. definitely. And
0: so good, i don't the good things yeah we just want you to keep going but
1: yeah. you know yeah how many people here remember where they were when Britney Spears shaved her head the, the, the biggest thing that's happened in our culture um, really gave me the courage to, you know, become a poet. Truly. I thought if she could shave her head and say fuck you to all those people, wow. You know like the record execs and stuff. Really inspirational moment. So this is where we're going to start. I'm, I'm not single in this um, opening, but I'm single in life. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> I've worked really hard to get here, like to be single. I know, so sad, you know. I remember exactly what I was doing when Britney Spears shaved her head, painting my nails black and ignoring my cancer boyfriend. Somehow we lasted through three years of college and in February of 2007, during our last semester, I was starting to get sick of him. All those texts and cancer check-ins, constantly wanting to be reassured about everything, and getting so comfortable in our relationship that he stopped looking hot. True story. <laughs> so bad when the person you start fucking gets ugly.
0: I would, take, I, I would have taken that cancer. just. For you the, probably would have. <laughs> because you like cancers. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, They're always beautiful to me.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it felt pathetic and needy. I was 22 and it just wasn't going to be my life. He also had this way of suffocating me with plans. On this particular Friday, I didn't want to see him for dinner, like any Sagittarius, I wanted to go out and flirt. I wanted to be a little selfish and reckless, definitely a Sagittarius mood. Waiting for my nails to dry and staring at my laptop, I saw a photo of Britney Spears with half her head shaved. Immediately, I clicked on the article and saw others. Britney with an umbrella about to smash a car window. Britney holding a pair of clippers and a gray hoodie. She was in some random California hair salon and everyone around her looked terrified. (laughs) Not sure if they should be helping her or not. Maybe that's why she more or less had to do it by herself, half laughing while staring in the mirror, half indulging some pit of despair that would grow more and more familiar to me as I got older, like now. Britney Spears was the most famous teenager in American culture. Every straight boy I knew jerked off to her, gay boys idolized her, and girls studied her shamelessly because they wanted to look like her. I remember grocery shopping with my mother sometime in middle school and seeing her David LaChapelle Rolling Stone cover. Britney, on a hot pink bedspread in a satin black bra, holding a landline phone in one hand, relic of the 90s, and a purple Teletubby, the gay one, in the other. (laughs) So important to to my upbringing. (laughs) I begged my mother to buy it, and of course she obliged because she probably hoped I was straight, the irony. (laughs) And on the car ride home, I didn't read a single word of the article. Like, I don't really read journalism ever. I stared at the photos, and I decided Britney Spears was a saint. She was a good girl. She was Lolita, she was your gay best friend, and a fantasy, too. That was her genius. She was communicating with nearly everyone. Those of us who've grown up with Britney have a fondness for her that borders on parental protection. Even though she was the popular girl, you wanted to help her. You knew something under the surface was deeply wrong. That February incident would lead to an entire summer where the paparazzi would not leave Britney Spears alone. She was seen using a fake British accent at a gas station, crying in public often, and going through countless wigs while wearing sunglasses almost at all times. She suddenly became human, though of course she'd always been, while looking her most surreal. That's the thing about a Sagittarius. We seem larger than life and unapproachable on the outside, but few people will ask if we're okay, because we're great entertainers. And so, if you have such friends, you know that we're really good at sort of keeping all that shit that's going on, like the fact that we want an umbrella to break things at all times. We're really good at keeping that under the surface. But one day, we're gonna snap and shave our heads. They're
0: From, definitely gonna snap, yeah. That always. day is not today for me. <laughs> no, no, it's but, not today, yeah.
1: But for Britney, it was in 2007, and you know, she survived.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sagittarius will always survive. That's true.
1: Yeah. Um, well, so I know you wanted to read cancer. Since yeah.
0: Okay. So I know that Alex, you know, mentioned this cancer boyfriend. So I'm gonna give you ex- some ex boyfriend. Can- ex-boyfriend, whatever. Well, he was a boyfriend at some point, and I'm gonna try turning the pages with this mic too. I don't know what's gonna happen, but um, yeah. So this is, is someone dying. Oh, I hope not. I mean, maybe something exciting's happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they needed this. Yeah, hopefully it's everything's okay. It's just, you know, getting some milk or something like that. Um, yeah, so, um, oh, anyway. So, okay, I guess we're like, this is like a very 90s book, or the this, you know, the order is. I mean, because I'm going to read something that happened in the 90s too. So, anyway, I'll just read it. There's not much preface, uh, except that we love cancers. Um, we're, we're always obsessed with cancers. We always let cancers completely manipulate us, and we love it.
1: Um, The royal we somehow. In
0: 1995, on the now vintage channel MTV, there was an interview that outlines perfectly what it means to be a cancer. It's as if it were staged by astrology itself. The video is an interview after a concert between that steady tourist, Kurt Loder, and Madonna who we all know is a Leo. When the interview begins, it seems we can expect the banal exchange of 99% of celebrity interviews. Madonna, by then a total American icon, eases quickly and with a sort of Leonine glee into non-witty banter with Loder. After all, the camera is on her, and what card-carrying Leo doesn't want that? What comes next is infamous. As Madonna is speaking, some objects come flying at her head. The camera tilts down, and we see Courtney Love, uh, yeah, she's a cancer, now throwing her matte compact and other items from her purse up onto the stage. Do you guys remember that? Or, yeah, you're, okay. They were,
1: like, born then. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they were just, they were just being You They were, born. like,
1: who's Madonna? <laughs> no.
0: Kurt Loder. Um, after a few seconds, Kurt Loder, loving the drama, and probably also feeling sorry for Courtney, because Tora's cancer, um, invites her up on stage with them. Courtney gets up there quickly, almost magically, and soon is doing a cancerian dance in front of everyone, sidestepping like a real crab and apologizing for interrupting, as if she hadn't intended to do just that. She asks both Kurt and Madonna if she should go. She seems to expect them to say to her 50 times over, no, no, Courtney, we want you here. Kurt does tell her a few times, unconvincingly to stay, while Madonna sees her annoyance palpable under a Midwestern fake smile, her pure silk bright teal shirt gleaming under the hot lights of the cameras. After sitting down, Courtney speaks off camera to Tabitha Soren. Don't worry, I didn't know either, but it turns out she is also a Leo. Explaining to everyone that she and Tabitha were in a fight because Tabitha was mean to her. From there, she quickly jumps from topic to topic, explaining why she has a crush on Scorpio Dennis Miller, because he's smart. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> mentioning that she would like to start dating astrophysicists. Crouching down when Madonna asks her if they can talk about their shoes. She even tells Madonna about a date with Kurt Cobain early on in their relationship when they went to see her movie Truth or Dare. Madonna then abruptly leaves, reluctant to have her time on camera shared for a tiny minute, her pride wounded. Oh Madonna, please get over yourself. (laughs) Watching the exchange is a good crash course on cancer. The video also involves a mention of Courtney's mother opening the first Birkenstock outlet. It really wouldn't be a cancer segment without some mention of mommy, and Courtney having sex with Sagittarian Ted Nugent. Okay, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that was such a good idea, but anyway, uh, Courtney flashes that classic cancer grin, which appears to contain the full moon lit up for a second. That is until you see the tiny crack where the moonlight seems to spill through years of sadness, regret, and vulnerability, which inform joy so profoundly that the idea of joy might not be exactly the point. Courtney's need for attention to dominate the stage, deceptively similar to Madonna's, is undercut by her need for approval. Years of perceived rejection by Madonna, Tabitha Soren, and perhaps the whole music business machine are displayed front and center in a glorious display of emotion. It's the most amazing thing to see a person unhinge like that, especially in the context of a televised show where it is totally not expected for anyone to act that way. We should all do a little more of that. And it goes on in the intro, so you will read the rest of it. Yeah, later. You went home. Oh, okay. Thank you. Woo. Wait till you get to the end of that. It's really, really big payoff. Yeah, I yeah. didn't
1: like that Dottie dragged Madonna, because I'm going to read about Madonna after. And she's, you know, I love Leos. Like, are there any Leos here? <laughs> I mean, not that many. <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> I feel unsafe. Suddenly, I feel unsafe. I do, too, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm scared. Um, so, but we're going to move to a sign that actually makes me feel unsafe. Uh, <laughs> I, and know, I wonder what this is. That's Virgo. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I actually have never dated a Virgo. And um, mm-hmm. I think... <laughs>
0: Thank you. Um, People
1: are leaving. They're so
0: pissed. <laughs> yeah. This is, you gotta, let's just calm
1: it <laughs> so, down a yeah. so, Virgos,
0: we love Virgos.
1: Anyway, so the Virgo imagination. We have a section in the book um, that has an imagination section for all the signs. And basically it's a section where we sort of use metaphor to relate the signs to other things. So if a Virgo were a city, they'd be Portland. Hip, progressive, and annoying. Oh no! If they were punctuation, they'd be a period. Final, authoritative, and at times, hard to read. You know they're that period in a text where you're like, what? what's the tone, bitch? What is the tone?
0: God, I can't, I can't.
1: Type of weather? A long, boring August day. I feel sad now. Okay, so let me do my thing. I have a lot of resentment. (laughs) Type of sheets, the most expensive linen. Okay, I'm going to give you that. Probably an oatmeal or perhaps a natural beige. And I know Virgos know the difference between those two shades. Room type, well, they wouldn't be a room at all. They'd be a closet. Clean, ordered, and in one dark corner, something sharp resembling a secret. Virgos live in a personal torture chamber, not a video game or sex dungeon, more like a long hallway with a flickering light and a red door at the end. Beyond it is the world which very much needs them and runs with great efficiency because of who they are. Most days they make it through the door, some days they don't. Though who are Virgos really? And when's the time they're most Virgo of all? They're actually vast fields of mint in the middle of the afternoon their small leaves circling the window, having made their way inside after the rain. Virgos are vintage clocks that can only be repaired by one person in a city of 11 million. They arrive many minutes early before anyone has opened and wait long after everyone has left. Virgos are mountains and iron and green tents Virgos are that one friend who stays up past midnight, watching the fire and watching you sleep, writing something so true in their journal, even they won't look back to read it. Even they are scared of what it says. Virgos are letters in cursive. Virgos are always not getting enough sleep. Virgos are keeping records of all of your records. Virgos are playing records that make you close your eyes and see trees. Virgos are typewriters from the 20s. Virgos are being in your 20s and not loving them because you worry too much. Virgos are luxurious. Virgos are local and organic. Virgos are vintage leather because buying it new makes them feel too much guilt. And guilt is a Virgo run business, and business is what Virgos do well. <laughs> so go into business, Virgos. We're like, we're here for you, right? Beyonce Jay Z, just saying. You know who runs that? (laughs) Beyoncé.
0: Right? Well, yeah, runs the world. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The world, yes. We're terrified that, yes, Virgos run the world.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, well, we're going to stay with earth signs. So who's a Taurus in the room? Okay, yeah. Raise your hands
1: higher. I want to see all the Taurus. Yes, okay. My favorite earth sign.
0: And, um, you know, this is is part of the section, Taurus as a lover. Um, So, uh, but... Yeah, so let's see. Um, so I'm just going to read yeah, a couple of paragraphs from and It's about Taurus and possession and how possessive they are. And Taurus is in the room, you know that. Um, So, Taurus's need for possession relates to their idea of commitment. They definitely want commitment and lifelong commitment is their ultimate goal. This is not to say that they don't ever experience their fair share of non-monogamous sex. They are creatures of the bodies um, and they like sex no matter who it's with. They will sleep around if it suits them and if they haven't yet made a commitment to anyone. Once they're in a relationship, they're more open than you might think, especially if the action itself involves feeling good. They understand that we are trapped in these bodies, so we might as well enjoy ourselves. Enjoying themselves is practically their religion after all. However, if they've committed themselves to a monogamous thing and you, their partner, decide that you can have some random sex, or worse yet, be into anyone else, then you might need to also be ready to sign the divorce papers. They may be slow to make up their mind, but once they have locked the door of the house with you in it, then you damn well better be happy about it. (laughs) because once you unlock that door and decide to party at the local jumping joint for the night then you had better take in with you everything you own including your grandmother's dishes a tourist won't ever forgive any of your transgressions and they certainly won't forget remember they don't forget anything Truth is, if you've plucked the sweet rose from the bush and have gotten everything all set up in the beautiful house you share with your tourists, and it will be beautiful, with maybe at least one good dog to sit by the fireplace, then who needs the idiots at the local bar anyway? Oh, you fuss too much. Stop looking out the window and come sit in the armchair alongside your true love. There are plenty of blankets, and there always will be, even if you live in Florida and it's mid-July. A giant bowl of pasta with imported truffle oil and a little high-end basil. And someone just downloaded a lot of shit on Netflix. Are you crying? Is it out of happiness? Don't worry, whatever is wrong, your Taurus will protect you. Their soft arms will make everything bad go away. Rest your eyes a little. Sleeping will do you good. Sleeping is the only love. The, sli- the silver Jews sing in the background. Taurus. Woo, yeah. Taurus. Taurus. Everybody loves a good Taurus. I know I sure do. Yeah. I, I definitely want to date
1: a Taurus soon. You have to. I want you to. You have. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah. yeah. He almost, <laughs> almost got married to a Taurus like after three days. <laughs> you know who broke that off? The Sagittarius. But, um, <laughs> But okay, I'm going to come out and say um, that my favorite sign that is not my own, um, Libras. Right? Libras. He does great. really, really I mean, like Libras I just Libra really like them. They're um, great um, at aesthetics they're very good at handling drama, and Libras just always look good. And I really appreciate someone (laughs) who always looks good. Yeah, thank you. I'm not even a Libra and I'm getting excited. Um, So I'm gonna read a little bit of the Libra section, the opening actually, um, and um, it starts with Truman Capote, who was a Libra, very Libra, Um, And Marilyn Monroe, who was, of course, a Gemini. And Libra-Gemini, an amazing match, um, obviously, it wasn't your parents? My parents, Libra-Gemini, yeah, Uh, best match ever. Libra-Gemini is a really good match, and um, not that Truman Capote had sex with Marilyn Monroe because, (laughs) you know, he was gay. But um, this is sort of a little bit of a story about their friendship in one particular day. Um, in his famous essay A Beautiful Child Truman Capote a Libra if ever there was one describes spending a day in New York with Marilyn Monroe they attend a funeral drink champagne and by day's end somehow find themselves by the water talking about the afterlife and how misunderstood they are of course (laughs) Given that both were air signs, Monroe, one of the most famous Geminis, this wild trajectory from despair to frivolity, romance to existential dread is hardly surprising. Air signs are unpredictable. They're interested in living as variously as possible and often find comfort in a detour. Moving through the material world, they're in awe of material itself, yet constantly looking for something more. Something to occupy their short attention spans, which often get them in trouble and leave them confused and indecisive. And I'm sure friends of Libra's know what Libra chaos is like. It's just not a good thing. Um, it's kind of scary, actually. Um, but still, they it look very good very doing
0: exciting. It can be exciting. It can be exciting. I, c- I keep I c- interrupting you. Sorry. No, no,
1: it's okay. I keep interrupting me. <laughs> um... Libras are the most refined air sign. They are predisposed to being graceful, highly concerned with aesthetics, and deeply philosophical about anything from a song on the radio to the origins of desire. This is evident with Capote who guides Monroe throughout their entire journey, checking in on her when she disappears into a bathroom to have a mini meltdown, Gemini style, (laughs) paying for a cab to go downtown on a whim and feed seagulls by the pier, her idea, And reassuring her about her potentially fraught future while simultaneously indulging her drama because Libras love drama. They are theatrical creatures, and for them, drama is more entertaining than serious. Which, you know, it's true. Drama is just entertainment. They're also dependable and nurturing, even if not effusive or recognizably warm. What you have to understand is that Libras prove their loyalty through action and through style. Drinking champagne with a friend is appropriate at all times. Decadence is proof that people don't regret life. And what Monroe finds slightly unreadable and also alluring about Capote is his dark humor and wit. Two things Libras charm with and two things they use to cover up pain, most of which gets coded into their creative endeavors or the furniture they buy, which is really true. Libras have really good furniture, and when you see it, you're like, oh, you went through a meltdown last summer. (laughs) But your house looks really good. For much of their day together, Monroe talks and talks about herself, as Geminis are known to do. She doesn't say anything important, but it's all very captivating. And while Capote often interrupts her with a joke or some provocative observation about her love life, he chooses not to reveal anything personal about himself or let her in on the fact that he knows she's sleeping with Arthur Miller, who, you know, is another Libra, of course, um, the very thing she's trying to hide from the press and from him. Capote leaves the spotlight on her. He studies her coming off guarded but polite. This is one way of saying that Libras do not need to be the center of attention. Being discreet and tactful is more important to them. Yet they have this way of delivering the truth in their artfully phrased Libra obscurity, attempting not to hurt your feelings while being unable to lie at the same time. And so as the day ends, and Capote has satisfied all of Monroe's whims, he finds her to be beautiful, but a child a beautiful child it's hardly meant as a critique and he tells her this um which she doesn't take well um but it isn't exactly praise either if anything his judgment is a faithful representation of the complexity of her character and demonstrates just how perceptive libras are while they may never kiss your ass they're great at kissing and they'll always tell you how they see you which turns out to be pretty close to what you are you just have to be someone who appreciates that kind of honesty. Libra honesty, right? Am I right? Um, they will always tell you if you look like shit, too.
0: They, my mother told me that today. So she's a Libra sun, Libra moon. So I love def- your mom. She's yeah, definitely, she definitely is pretty Libra. honest. Yeah, pretty honest. Yeah, so, okay, so in the book we have sections on texting, and then we have sample text messages, which I think there are some, like, on the back, maybe, I don't know, but they're in the book. So if you have the book, it doesn't matter if they're in the back because you can just flip to them. Um, but anyway, so I thought I'd read Gemini text um, and you're kind of just gonna read it like a play, like the characters. So I hope this is gonna make sense and you know, you just go with me. But okay, so- um
1: brave
0: of you. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, I didn't think of it. Thank you. I really feel like this is gonna be an accomplishment. Th- so I'm just gonna read it through the signs, like each sign with its um, combination. So Gemini, I just finished my eighth novel today. Mind taking a listen? It should only take five hours to read it straight through. Aries, no response. (laughs) Gemini, just added 100 pages. I'll call you now and just start reading. Aries, okay sexy, but I can only talk for 120 seconds because I have to catch a private jet in 10 minutes. Going on a second date with a Sag. Gemini, I just made a beautiful cake. Taurus, I love cake. Can I come over and eat it? Gemini, oh, it's for my birthday party. Taurus, crying, I guess I'm not invited. (laughs) Gemini 1, what C is L slash O-V dash E and? Gemini 2, ah, the complete disc set. Gemini one, LOL. Gemini two, four plus four is as simple as a net. They understand each other. Gemini, are you free next Tuesday because I need someone to drive me to the airport? Cancer, you can count on me. What time do you need me to leave? Gemini, 6 (laughs) a.m. Cancer, great, I'll just come over now and live with you for a week so I won't be late. Gemini, I got us two tickets to the opera. Leo, fabulous. Gemini, it's in five minutes. (laughs) Leo, I was born ready. Gemini, do you think I'm smart? Virgo, the smartest person I've ever met. Gemini, you have the most amazing taste. Virgo, can I darn your socks? Gemini, I wrote a song for you. Libra, I'm available to listen. Gemini, when? Libra, one minute later. I just kicked my date out. (laughs) Gemini, will you help me? Scorpio, do what? Gemini, be a better person. Scorpio, you're asking me? (laughs) Gemini, you are so friendly and irritating. Sagittarius, are you flirting with me? Gemini obviously Sagittarius I might be free later Gemini do you know anything about tax codes Capricorn I'm naked Gemini can you <laughs> sorry. Gemini can you help me with my taxes Capricorn for a small fee Gemini I'm a genius Aquarius You're a genius. Gemini, I think you're very smart. Aquarius, I'm a genius. (laughs) Gemini, I'm crying. Pisces, finally. (laughs) Gemini, just kidding. Pisces, asshole.
1: Wow. (laughs) That was a journey.
0: (laughs) And in every chapter, that's available. So all combinations are... Then I'm going to read the Leo one next. Okay, great. All right. This sounds really great.
1: (laughs) This is the Leo texting section. This is what I'll say about Leos. Um, You always know where you are with a Leo when you text with them. I mean, Right. So, we talk, they have a bad rap about being like, you know, into themselves or uh, just like loving their own image too much, and that's true, but what people don't give them credit for is that they're super warm, and they're super good communicators, you just have to continue to listen about themselves. Like, they're gonna just tell you what they're doing, what they're eating, what they thought of, and then you'll just have to be like, so we're meeting at seven, right? They'll be like, oh, of course, and they'll be there. So this is um, a Leo sext. Leo, so you're really into my hair. You, is that a question? Leo, no. (laughs) Leo anxiety. Leo, can you go on Insta and like my photo? Only 1,004 people have liked it. (laughs) Or maybe like a thousand and five, I don't know. Leo making plans. Leo. I think it's best if we show up after seven because the humidity is very high until then and my hair will just look better after. Every single Leo friend I have mentions their hair in plans. Every single one. And last night my friend Will Chancellor, who's a Leo, had his hair up and I was like, you have your hair up, he's like, the humidity. (laughs) My God. Stressful. I'm just wearing a hat because I don't want to deal with any of it. Leo nostalgia. Leo. Remember when the checkout guy at 7 Eleven said I was the most beautiful person he had ever seen? Oh my God, that was a moment. (laughs) They are very beautiful. Leos are very beautiful, right? All
0: signs are very beautiful. Uh, True. Yeah, they're all.
1: (laughs) Leo glamour. You, are you coming? We're waiting inside for you. Leo, I'm so sorry, I'm right outside, but my Lyft driver keeps giving me compliments and I can't leave. (laughs) Existential Leo. Leo, you know my hair guy, the one I've been going to forever? You, yeah, why? Leo, he quit, like to go to graduate school. The world is a dark place. And um, Leo in love, which um, they're, they're very good at love, I should say. Leos are very seductive. I've been seduced by a lot of Leos, let me tell you. Um, Leo, I'd give you the shirt off my back. You, oh no, it's okay. Leo, take it. You, I'm okay, really. Leo, take the shirt. I look really hot without it. You, okay, oh my God, I'll take it. So, Leo's man.
0: Um, And yeah, I'm going to read part of the intro uh, to the Capricorn chapter where I talk about Dolly Parton. Who's any Dolly fans in the crowd? Um, Yes. And um, yeah, so, you know, do you like this song, Jolene? Yes. Okay, so talking about the song Jolene, so I'm going to just start like in the middle and um, yeah, it'll make sense. You have the book now, so it's okay, I'm just going to read it. Uh, it's only 5,000 paragraphs, so we'll <laughs> be fine. No, it's okay, everything's cool. Alright. Um, what makes her Jolene and her is Dolly Parton. So what makes Dolly Parton's um, Jolene performance from the tour, and the tour is Halons and Horns. Again, reading prose is very interesting. You know, being a poet, it's like, just kind of read the poem, but prose, it's like there's all this other words? Anyway, um, so from the tour, so amazing is her honesty in the beginning. She starts off by saying this song is about another woman trying to steal another woman's man, which of course contains in one phrase all of the classic Capricorn fears about betrayal. But then before you get too sad for her, she says, of course, if somebody tried to steal the guys I've been out with, it might seem more like petty theft. The crowd then roars as her self-deprecating nature is both disarming and funny. It charms the audience into a sense that the Capricorn will always insult themselves before they insult anyone else. They might be right, but what they probably don't realize just yet is that this is part of a Capricorn's trap to conquer any competitor entirely. In the show, Dolly goes on to explain, anyway, this song about an old redheaded gal who tried to steal my husband when we first got married. Oh, she was absolutely beautiful. She was tall and skinny, redheaded, long legs, everything I wanted and didn't have. She was a knockout. She didn't get him. But I look at him every once in a while and I think, oh, I wish she had. I think we can all relate to that. Um, Anyway, again, the crowd then loses their minds. They scream and holler completely in the palm of her hand, eagerly waiting for the song to begin and for them to get the solace and catharsis of revenge played out perfectly in a Capricorn psyche. It's important, though, to point out that the way Dolly chooses to portray what makes Jolene better than her is just so classic Capricorn. Of course, Dolly doesn't worry about the spiritual nature of Jolene's connection to her husband. Instead, her focus is on Jolene's physical beauty as that is what is most threatening to her. Capricorns live in a physical world. Jolene must have been something like a wistful Aquarius, sharp and definitely very charming. Maybe Jolene in the midst of all that beauty was sort of ready to put up a little fight for something. Oh, but she had none of the staying power of a Capricorn. She didn't get Dolly's man. And maybe more importantly, she never could conquer the world like Dolly did. After all, we don't see people making pilgrimages today to Jolene Wood, now do we? But we do see Jolene's foolish action brilliantly turned into a commodity for profit because Jolene doesn't even own her own name anymore (laughs) nope every time we say it at least a couple of bucks get deposited into Dolly's checking account better pay up Capricorns don't do layaway Whoever that young and foolish Jolene was really doesn't matter anymore because in our imagination, she will always be the beautiful loser. That's the Capricorn hard at work. (laughs) It would be silly if it wasn't so frightening. That moment when you realize that the song really isn't a love story, it's a story of war sung by the victor. It's the winner's parade, a ruler's party with the bleeding corpse of the enemy being dragged through the town square as the victor smiles, little with coy indifference it's the fierce hawk with the rodent's teeth in its mouth dangling that poor rat's body and entrails in the wind like a bunch of party streamers (laughs) Jolene Jolene oh I'm begging of you please don't take my man Dolly very sweetly sings and then the song goes under like a forest fire oh please Jolene never even had a chance
1: Forest fire. <laughs>
0: sorry, sorry. I just realized. Yeah, I could have should have I, said that.
1: I Capricorns are the best at revenge. Let's just give them that. They're <laughs> yes, so good at it. Very in good. fact, I'm always taking notes when I see a Capricorn take someone down. <laughs> um, so on to another sign that we love, um, as we love all signs. Um, Aquarians. Where are the yeah, Aquarians Aquarium. in the room? Yeah, love you guys so much. Um. I'm never really sure what Aquarians are saying. They use... (laughs) Wow, I can't believe that, okay, all right. They use words, I guess, but those words require their own translation. Getting a text from an Aquarius is like talking to someone drunk at a wedding. It's either really short and emotionally shocking, or longer than you anticipated and saying something about something else that has nothing to do with the something you were talking about to begin with. What I find even more curious is that you can respond entirely off topic also and they will just go along with it. As if their phones were tapped and all texting were in code except no one agreed on what the code is. Given all this, Aquarians are actually quite good at making plans and following through. You just have to text in Middle English or French and maybe bark. (laughs) So these are some texts and actually of all of the texts that I pulled, um, well some of these are obviously written from the imagination, but with my Aquarian texts, I'm so perplexed by Aquarians that I have saved so many screenshots. (laughs) And I dated an Aquarius for, uh, this is a very long time for me, like three months. (laughs) And some of these are from him. Um, God bless him. (laughs) Aquarius sext. Aquarius. Hey, want to come to this bar called My Bedroom? (laughs) You. Um... Aquarius. The stars remind me of the way you do your hair in winter surrounded by dead trees. <laughs> That's really sexy. Wouldn't you go over to his house?
0: Yeah. I would have, after the first one, but you know, bark on my bedroom. I would not have been waiting for the trees.
1: I'd be like,
0: well, a I ring, got it. ring. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> Aquarius check-in. You. Hey, what's up? How's everything? Aquarius. Just thinking about how King Lear is basically modern life and also how Crystal Pepsi was a thing in the 90s. Taco emoji. Right? Like, what does it have to do with anything? Aquarius making plans. Aquarius. Can't wait to see you at 747 tomorrow night by that sculpture we both like. You. Yeah. Aquarius nostalgia. Aquarius, okay, I just wanna say about this text. I actually got this text from the guy that I was talking about, but since I'm a Sagittarius and I clear text constantly, this is really bad, forgive me. I hadn't put his name in my phone ever, so he was just a number, and I cleared the number, and so when I got this text, I didn't know it was him. So, um, you'll get this when you see the text. Aquarius nostalgia, Aquarius. I just miss how everything was in the beginning. You. What beginning? (laughs) Aquarius. You know, like, the beginning of time. (laughs) (laughs) Aquarius anger. You. Are you mad about something, or... Aquarius. Silence. You. Okay, we don't have to talk about it, Aquarius. If we wanted to talk about it and if I was mad, we should pick the right place where we could, you know, talk about it. Should we go see a movie? (laughs) Aquarius sadness. Aquarius, do you ever think about all the places where it's raining right now? You, but it's not raining right now. Aquarius, I know, but somewhere it is. Aquarius happiness, you. So I'll see you later, Aquarius. Yeah, bring whoever you want. I've invited some people I know from college, high school, kindergarten, and the hospital where I was born. (laughs) And that's that for Aquarius. We love you, but we love Aquarians. Should some more text sections.
0: So uh, yeah, because I'm gonna do Aries next. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, should I should I read Aries text or like another thing? Or you you would like the text, right? I hope. Okay. All right. I'll read these. So here's two Aries to start. Aries one. Happy birthday! Four exclamation points. Aries two, happy birthday, four exclamation points. Aries one, I love you, six exclamation points. (laughs) Aries two, talk to you next year, six exclamation points. (coughs) That's really me with my Aries. Aries, what are you doing now? Taurus, sleeping. Aries, wanna come over? Taurus, is 10 hours from now okay? Aries, I think you are so cute. Gemini, I was just reading a book about birds who are capable of flying faster than the speed of light. Their wings are actually made entirely of light, and they aren't even birds. And also, I think that the aquariums are just so exquisite. Do you like my new outfit? Sense pick. Yes, I love it. Do you like this field of purple flowers? Sense pick. Gemini, yes, maybe we can hang out in the next five months. Aries, will you marry me? 25 heart emojis. Cancer, I miss you. Kissing face. Aries, can I come over now? Cancer, sure. I was just making CBD and kale soup for you. (laughs) I was, this was written you know, a year ago before CBD was such a big thing. Um, Aries, you are the hottest person I have ever met. Leo, I'll be over in ten minutes. <laughs> Aries, move faster. Leo, six minutes. <laughs> Aries, can you help me? Virgo, of course. Aries, no response for one week. <laughs> Virgo, everything okay? Aries, you really upset me when you told me that my shirt was ugly. True story, by the way. (laughs) Libra, you should really learn to chill. Aries, ten minutes later, want to go see that French film tonight? Libra, duh. Aries, I need to see you. Scorpio, no response. (laughs) Aries, the next day, I miss you so much. Scorpio, four years later, can I have your boss's personal email? (laughs) Aries, oh my goodness, you are the best. Sagittarius, you are. Aries, do you want to move in? Sagittarius, silence for the rest of eternity. (laughs) Aries, 20 emojis all in blue. Capricorn, can you talk? Aries, not until later. Capricorn, I'm calling you now. You'd better pick up or else. <laughs> Aries, sense poems they wrote about bees. Aquarius, I love that. Sends drawing they made of Aries naked. Aries, you are such a good artist. Aquarius, what are you doing now? Aries, I feel so sad. Pisces, I'll be right over with blankets and bananas. I don't have anything to do tonight, so don't worry. I can stay up all night talking. <laughs> Aries, I actually have a date. Pisces, okay, sure. I'll just stay in your apartment until you come back. <laughs> that really is me and my Pisces best friend, True. actually. Yeah, yeah. Eric. Yeah, Eric. Baus. Yeah, Eric. Eric. Baus, great poet. Yeah, great poet. And
1: speaking of Pisces, they're great poets. Uh-huh. Um, and is there a Pisces here? Are there? Where are the Pisces? Yay! Woo. Yes. so oh, our is people there are here. Pisces here to focus the attention on Pisces <laughs> okay. in general. Um, here's a little thing about Pisces. I have a Pisces moon, so I feel really deeply in touch with all Pisces people. They're the last sign on the karmic wheel, um, so-called wisest. But in some ways, they're not necessarily the wisest. They just have felt everything like twice as hard as all of us have <laughs> so they have so much empathy for everybody which is i think i just think we need more pisces people in the world don't you absolutely like everyone who's having babies should make sure they're pisces <laughs> that sounds weird but that sounds weird but just time <laughs> yeah. it yeah time it um, yeah. <laughs> While they no. might resist okay, no more pisces no more pisces. I knew that was
0: gonna be controversial
1: While they might resist going to a party, Pisces are also the last to leave. They love being around people. A Pisces will listen to anyone's story and indulge them. Even if they find it sad, boring, unbelievable, they will listen. And they'll earnestly try to understand why things turned out the way that they did. They'll try to see if they're in love with the person telling the story. Most of the time, they are. But they also know what it's like to leave a room being in love with everyone. They're used to forgiving people for being disappointing, and they're used to loving flaws. An ideal day for a Pisces would be one where they wake up alone and then see everyone they've ever slept with and everyone they've almost slept with, too. This takes care of basically the entire population. But what you need to know is they'd rather go to bed alone. That is because sex is not the most important thing to a Pisces. They don't consider it the greatest intimacy. For a Pisces, the greatest romance is friendship. This is what they live for. They have no trouble being alone because they have their memories. They have the photos and songs and all the things they've kept and written. Scrapbooks are for Pisces, and a Pisces is a scrapbook. Which is very true, right? Um, I think that all of my Pisces friends send me... um, like memory texts the most out of anyone. They're like, do you remember when we did this photo, song that was playing, just like everything that was happening. And you're like, how does this person live in the world? How do they survive the day? But then they're the the person that helps you survive the day because they're constantly reminding you of things. So um, we love Pisces and I think we're gonna go to a very controversial and the last sign, which is Scorpio
0: because I'm just looking at the time. I mean, I think I might just read... The Scorpio poem. The Scorpio poem because we were going to do this anyway at the end, um, and because our book is a Scorpio. was born yesterday, and yes. And Scorpio is a... Woo, yeah, happy birthday to the book. Well, I guess actually happy one day old. I don't know how you do with books. It's always a little confusing. But anyway, um, so we thought we'd read the the Scorpio poem just to kind of end it off and, um <clears throat> So here you go. I, the Scorpio is like I love Scorpios. By the any Scorpios in the house? Yeah, yay, woo! We got lots of them here. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> the Scorpio. <laughs> okay, Alex feels the same way. Yeah, do you do? Uh, yeah, you do. I'm just yeah, scared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the Scorpio, a poem. A wild acre of entirely palm trees, blown over by rain. No, rain only falls. The wind makes sheets of invisible momentum. Do you mean that the entire landscape was flooded with debris? No, I mean to say that the whole world was heavy with intention, asking questions, silently, going in and going out in a rather methodical fashion, making everyone bleed, soft and worn out shirts giving way to sheets of soft and worn out linen, giving way to soft and subtle naked bodies, giving way to what? Going in and going out of the underworld, planting spring shoots with potatoes, but were they orange, the potatoes? Oh, what a fool you are, all that very bitter wheat with which you made your supper. No, but what about the wild rush? What about all of those things you promised to the moon? Oh, forget everything. You won't, but, oh, go on, live life as you wish, without me. So that's Scorpio poem, yeah. So that's it for the Astro Poets podcast. We've had such a wonderful time sharing the magic of astrology and poetry with you. And we hope that you're going to take that magic into your everyday life into the future. To all of our loyal listeners out there, we've loved being a small part of your everyday We appreciate all the love and support that you've shown us. We hope we're going to see you again, hopefully on Twitter, where you can tweet us at Poet Astrologers. You can also get our book, Astro Poets, Your Guides to the Zodiac, by going to astropoetsbook.com or by using the link in our show notes. This podcast is hosted by me, Dorothy Alasky, and my co-host, Alex Dimitrov. It's produced by Becky Celestina. For more information about Macmillan's other shows, go to macmillanpodcast.com. That's M-A-C-M-I-L-L-A-N podcast.com. Thanks for listening. We will see you on the airwaves. Be strong, Bernadette. No one will ever know. I came here for a reason.